And we are live. We have traction on the podcast. <clears throat> traction and Jackson. Episode 1. 1. 1.2. 1.0. 1.0. 1.02. 1.02. 1. Repeater. Eater. So the podcast. Rem- remind our listener. <laughs> this the podcast uh, is. Podcast is. Um, it's, a pod- it's a podcast that we record. Sometimes in secret, sometimes in with full knowledge. Um, it's really. Just, Is that, do, are we going to try to punk each other by like recording things without the other person knowing? That's going to be. You've done that once. I have, done but that, yeah. uh, I don't see why not. Yeah, I think yeah. there should be a degree of abuse involved <laughs> and like sort of like underhanded uh, subterfuge, a social subterfuge. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. And we're going to make it like... And there should also be some trying to catch each other out while this is running, even now, as we get complacent and forget that we're on on record, so to speak. Yeah. Oh, which reminds me, though, at any time, if one of us says things are off the record, it has to be deleted for the podcast. <laughs> so, like in any other interview, I could be like, off the record, I think pause is a faggot. <laughs> You're like, it's off the record, I said it. Okay, I'm with that. Can you do that anywhere else in life, which is just like state that things are off the record, and then just like have in conversation, and yeah. just have it not affect the conversation or your relationship or whatever else, like <laughs> off the record. I, I can't totally stand your that. mother. <laughs> yeah, it's like I can't get past that. No, I told you it was off the record. <laughs> it's like you can't. It's it's inadmissible in court. <laughs> How do you plead? Well. Off the record, I totally did it. <laughs> I, totally, I totally did it. I absolutely slept with it. 100%. Well, we're no. going to break up. No, 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 no. That's an admissible as evidence. I, I told you very clearly. Short, straight, long, straight, chance. Yahtzee. Slotzy. So it's, it's, a pod, it's a podcast where two uh, 30-something single people try to catch up our, uh, you know, our laggard... Our, our um, mate who uh, is... What's, what's the word that I'm looking for? Our la- la- lanthanidian... <laughs> our lanthanidic chump. No, our, our erstwhile... Our erstwhile, that's our, the word. Our erstwhile um, local buddy. Sure. For lack of a better... Turner phrase. Yeah, we want to we want to inform him of all of how single exploits, which involve playing our, Yahtzee on a Saturday night. <laughs> it's a, a rainy Saturday night, yeah, and I just you can't really hear it, but it's it's, it's round, it's drizzling, it's, it's pretty, it's spitting, pretty hectically <laughs> out there. Also, uh, add a little danger to even this is news to you. I am parked illegally on the street. Mm. Do they come around here? Do you, have, you have no idea, do you? Oh, it's raining, remember? I saw, I saw some out there, actually, on Edmore Road. Busting some dude's not <laughs> bike. Alright. Um, I think I feel like I'm going to be fine. Um, okay, let's start playing some Yahtzee. Um, what, what we should actually talk about on the, on the podcast is while we're playing Yahtzee. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not going to forget how many rolls you've had, by the way. I don't think you're going to... Four rolls. I, I, the old four, don't four old faggot. <laughs> faggot four. Faggot. Yeah. Um, but psychosomatism. Psychosomatism. That's, that's that was a three. It wasn't a roll. It was that was a three. three. It was so a what three. are you doing? 
Um, well, I have one more rule. Yeah. And that's three, four, five, six. I'm hoping to get it too. Otherwise, I'm going to keep a short straight. I don't think that's a bad way to start the game. No, for fuck's and sake. a long straight is a great way to start the game. Some say the hardest one to get. Was that 40? It's fucking 40, piece of shit. Um, so let's, let's talk about your... Psychosomatism. Yeah, my asterisks. Well, actually, maybe, maybe, maybe for chronological reasons, I can talk about my actual psychosomatism. And then we can discuss whether yours is... is and then uh, I can share a funny anecdote from the day about my pain. We should do that. Which, yeah, yeah, okay. So, so you so. can be the foil, the humorous foil to my quite serious story. That I'm well, I could, to, I could be, to be fair, like right now, my ass pain feels incredibly serious. By the way, three, four, five, six. Huh. I'll just, I'll just do what you did. I mean, you did it. Fuck you. Um, okay, so my story about psychosomatism mm-hmm. is that I used to have a whole lot of problem with back pain working I had, mm-hmm. had all this inflammation in my arms back pain all the time I, could, I couldn't sit down back pain's the real red flag right when it comes to like things because it's sort of non, non-specific it's often unprovoked yes back pain is like a classic I think psychosomatic it's like one of the cardinal right but maybe even let me proceed the, the back pain with, with four or five oh, for fuck's sake you're slamming it with um, I was doing my masters right mm-hmm and I was like typing, typing for like while I was working full time. I was finishing my masters, and I was working from like you know started my actual job at nine nine o'clock in the morning. Would go to like you know work till five, and then work to like eleven most mm. nights to try to. This is you know the last couple sure. of weeks. But this is also where we get into ideas of sort of like false attribution theory, right? Yeah, but that's all part of psychosomatism. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, right. That's because that's a, it's a part of it. Yeah, I mean, what what happened was that I was typing heaps. And then on the... The word heaps. The second last... Yeah, exactly. The second last day when it was just about you and I'd kind of pretty much finished. I was just putting on the finishing touches. My hands just blew out. Like my... my mm. I, could, I could barely touch the keyboard without searing pain. And I had mm. like hugely inflamed arms. Like my... my um, engorged. Yeah, massively engorged. Very tough to like Veiny. squeeze and stuff. No, no, not... Ve- like the veins were like deep in the... In the, the, the swelling. In the, the swelling swell. and stuff. Um, like I had to fit, I had to press print using a pen. I had to stab the keyboard. Like, like, like a dialing wand. Yeah. Like seriously, that's, that's how I finished my masters. Yeah. And then I couldn't go back to work for like two weeks. And oh, yeah, that, that I remember all that, the fall yeah. load and everything else. Um, and then I had all this back pain and shit. And then maybe sort of, I was dealing with that for like six months, taking time off work and trying to like figure out what the fuck was going on. Then I read this book called, I forget what, this is what I gave the you. The Divided Mind. This is the one yeah. that you, you hit me up on. And basically... It says that there's a lot of physical manifestations, well, finish the physical conditions that are initially or initiated by mind processes. In, uh, initiated or was they are perpetuated by? So they start off with usually some degree of of a real trigger yeah. of some sort. I don't know necessarily, but they can. Uh, but they can be certainly propagated by um, feedback loops. Um, psychic feedback loops. That sounds supernatural, but it's not supernatural. It's psychic in the sense of just mind. Yeah, psychotic. <laughs> psychotic feedback loops. But yeah, where you um, you develop a, a pattern of of sort of again propagating this this pattern of uh, of obsession and thought and and true somatic. Yeah. Um, real somatic symptoms. Real somatic. Bo- somatic meaning bodily, physical, yeah. measurable things. True, observable symptoms to yeah, some extent, but, but it is on a subconscious level. It's not like I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, oh, all this 
typing is, is affecting my hands and stuff. It's just like, oh shit, my hands are like really... It's unconscious. Yeah, yeah. Sub or unconscious, whatever. I don't yeah, know. it's un- un- unconscious. Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, and th- you were trying to tell me to read this book and I was like, mm. yeah, whatever. Because it's like, I, I didn't appreciate that mm. you could actually get physical symptoms. I thought, okay, I understand pain might mm. be in your head, right? Yeah. That, that is clear to me, right? Yeah. Pain. Um, I would have even said stuff like fatigue and all this kind of shit that could yeah. be in your head. But when I was looking at my hands and I could see this like, a change, something real. Yeah, something real was, was there. I was something like, measurable. Is, yeah, yeah. And my back too was in a lot of pain and all this kind of shit. And now the reason and, that I knew that that was possible was because in my field, what I see is I think I told you this one of the first things that I was I think I mentioned, and when I read about this book online, and I was like, there's got to be something to this. My my locus of information came from the fact that we see people with um, chronic pain issues. And um, something called, uh, I think, uh, chronic regional pain syndromes. Chronic regional? Yeah. CRPS. And where it's, usually you have an injury of some sort. So it's people we see, we see them in the first place because they have had an injury. Um, And they may have had surgery, they may have not. It's higher in people who have had surgery, um, who've had some intervention. And they come to you with like, let's say it was a wrist problem. I've seen this. And their hands are wasted, put some swelling, they're red, they lose the hair on the hand, like the hand looks completely fucked and totally different to their normal hand. And there is something going on, but it's got nothing to do with the surgery. And it's got nothing to, the, the surgery itself or the injury itself cannot explain that change in their hand. Um, and it's got something to do with the um, sympathetic nervous system, um, which controls things like, you know, blood vessels and dilation and sweating and all those things, right? Like, they, get, they get like a sweaty hand, all that kind of stuff, right? Those are all things that are controlled by your sympathetic nervous system. That is, can be, it's partially also emotional as well. Like if you get, you know, fright or flight, you know, you, you know, you, your blood vessels can, you know, will dilate or contract or, you know, all these kinds of things happen. That's all linked. It's very normal. And then you end up with these feedback mechanisms where your emotions will control um, these physical things, you know? Like they won't make an illness, but they can create the symptoms of inflammation or some real changes. And like these people's arms are look completely fucked, but it's an emotional thing that's manifesting physically. And that was the first time that I was able to pre- having seen people with that and realizing like how life destroying and how like it becomes a real physical, then it becomes a real thing and then you get this feedback loop and it's like yeah. so hard to break. And the, the mainstay of treatment is therapy yeah, to yeah. get them to break that cycle. And so I knew about that, that it was a real thing. And so I was like, there's gotta be more to these other paintings where you can have measurable symptoms, but so, but without a real illness or without a real initiating physical factor right and then I, that's where i found that book and yeah and was I was like, always, I mean, it's, it's funny like when you're external i imagine you, you can come yeah. up with this idea and be like oh maybe justin sort of got yeah. into this shit but, but actually like, being on the inside you, you just like you, you don't see it operate because you, you think you are you can sort of feel what's going on in your body you, you think, just oh, you think you know the difference no, between. I, I know this is a physical fucking thing man it's yeah. not coming in my brain are you kidding me like yeah feel, well, feel this fucking thing is yeah. that my brain and you'd be like no nah, i can feel that but it's, yeah but the thing is that the brain ultimately controls the things that are measured as symptoms to some extent, right? Yeah. And so... But I want to talk about your mate Max later, but, but this, this... Oh, no, no, no. As well, Max is going to have to do any of this story. Uh, well, 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 I mean, he it, does, it, but like not... No, no, no. Not this, not this story. But, not this story. But 
it ties in with some of the stuff that I was experiencing oh, too. Sure. But, but the, the, the crazy thing is when I finally read that book of yeah. The Divided Mind by Dr. Fucking Sano or whatever. And no, no. I mean, it looks like quackery. It looks but, like quackery. But the reviews like, I read time, on Amazon, and yeah. you can't trust reviews on Amazon, but the first time is like all the reviews, like usually there's people who write it and will be like, this is full of horseshit, another yeah. new age, whatever. And I was totally expecting it. But knowing a bit about it, knowing that it's kind of possible, yeah. I read the reviews and there were things, people were just, everyone was just like, I spent five years in hell with back pain for no good reason. And I read this book and literally just reading the book without even doing any like training, I feel so much better. I understand. I've inside, yeah. and I seem to have broken this cycle of whatever's happening. I was like, and they were, it's like, well, you got to give it a shot. Like yeah. just, if it's just matter of, if people just like read it with, with this belief and by the end were like, I actually feel better. I'm like, you got to give this a shot. Well, I, I absolutely did exactly that. Yeah. And overnight my back pain just disappeared. And I that's no longer suffer from back pain. And that is like, like basically what the reviewer said. Yeah. And, which was like, and I was like, at that, at that point I was at my, probably at my lowest with yeah. like emotional shit and yeah. dealing with breakup or whatever. Right. Yeah. So I, I was ready to just like, I'm like quackery or whatever. Like, just, I got time. You can read it. I'll read it and yeah. then I'll laugh at it if it doesn't work right. Yeah. And I read it and, I, and the first part of it is like, you have to realize that all, all of the protective measures you're putting in place, like, because I used to, when I started going back to work, I used to have like arm splints and all this yeah. kind of shit and I would, yeah. I would st have standing desk where I'm standing up it. and sit down, stand up and sit down. Yeah. You're feeding it. You're feeding it. You're yeah. exactly you're right. You're attention and you're, you're it says reinforcing that loop. The, the first step is to, I mean, this is step one of any quackery. Yeah. You know, yeah. Any, um, free yourself. Yeah, it's like step one. You have to accept this holus bolus, right? Like, yeah. and you're kind of like, oh, okay. And you know, step two is to stop any kind of protective things that you're doing. Yeah. And then it starts basically saying that there. Are, it tells you that there are people that just after doing those first two things, yeah, like all overnights, the symptoms just disappear because they're like they stop thinking about it. They, well, yeah, they, they stop that that cycle and that yeah. certainly happened for my back pain and a lot of my like that, that certainly opened the door for me to appreciate that a lot of stuff that I was experiencing yeah is from the brain box and, and yeah. even though now I still do get quite a bit of um, pain in my like if I do a lot of typing at work I'll get the pain coming back and stuff yeah. but I know it's coming from my brain and yeah. so like I, I and, found and some people and this is what I see from my side as uh, the hospital and stuff is that especially when I was doing spine i'd see people in the clinic and they come in those are the people who come in for years chasing cures for their back pain because some back pain is real and yeah. doesn't go away it could be caused from injury a lot of it's a combination probably of psychosomatic stuff and yeah. and a real thing but people don't like to let go of it and they feed the baby right and they spend years looking for cures and taking medications and all this kind of stuff which is only making it worse yeah, right? yeah. like they, they're taking they're like you know i take x amount of whatever every day and all this kind of stuff and I do this and I do that like their life revolves around feeding their pain yeah and it does sound like even to talk like that so it sounds like new age who's that, who's that guy the, that's kind of like he's got spy he's always got like spiders all over him I don't know what's the you know, the guy that's just gone like completely over, lost the plot and sometimes he calls you because you're still mates with him or whatever. Krez? Krez, right? Oh, Krez. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I haven't spoken to Krez in over a year. He again disappeared, but you know, he, I mean, he was psychotic. Yeah, yeah. He was he proper was, psychotic. He was beyond. He, was, he had done too much like amphetamines and was properly psychotic. Okay, yeah. I don't know where he is actually right now. I haven't, well, I'm on Facebook. I, I saw a lot of his weird stuff on Facebook and since I've left, I just I have no idea well, what's happening. That's a reason in itself to get back on. You're a real sucker. Um, but... 
Yeah, so you see people doing that, right? And you you have to say to them, like, look, we can't fix your real pain. And you have to, at some point, just accept the fact that this pain is part of your life and not make it your life. You need to walk away from that and stop feeding that that feedback loop of, of, uh, of pain, you know, if you have any chance of, of getting on, you know, beyond it and stop looking for a cure for it because the, maybe the best cure you're going to find is just trying to ignore it and just move past it. And this I've seen with Max, who just kind of jumps from physical ailment to physical ailment. They don't usually tend to stick around too long. Like he doesn't nurse them for long enough because he usually gets so anxious and distracted by the next thing yeah. that he forgets about the previous one. Um, and but doesn't see a pattern either in the fact that like he keeps on getting these things, you know, whether it's a heart attack or a string of STDs that have all come back negative with tests or, yeah, yeah. or is debilitating osteoarthritis in his knees at 35, like whatever it is, it's the same thing. They, they stick around for weeks or months until the next life catastrophe comes and he's able to put his energy into a new physical ailment that yeah. he thinks is a life ending life. It's always something each time. It's not like it's a small problem. Every ailment that he has is something that he is convinced in that moment is a life-changing, almost like a like a death uh, sentence. You know, like the STDs. Well, that's he, that's classic psychosomatism. Right? Totally, that's and he's like, like, "This is this is how I am now. I have to now not only deal with the illness, but deal with the fact now that this is my life for the rest of my life, and I have made choices that have now fucked me over. And always, there are always things that he's done." There's a guilt. So he's always got this issue with... Well, see, that's, um, again, emotional. Very emotional. So he feels guilt and he punishes himself in a way by bearing the cross or the burden of his responsibility and brandishing the scars of a life of... uh, He preordains a life of suffering from his guilt. It's quite a a psych case. It's like, without even like a psych degree, you can can armchair analyze this guy. Because, you know, it was SGDs, several strings of STDs brought about from reckless sexual activity right. behind the back of his partner, right? And each time he had symptoms, he had redness and scales and which just had like burning and like, he's like, I'm sure of it. I don't even need tests. I know I have something. I don't know which one it is, but I know it. I know I have one. It's probably gonorrhea, if not worse, probably also like herpes. Yeah. Probably a couple of things to be honest because <laughs> she was pretty filthy. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> And he's like, and now what do I do? Like, I'm getting married. How do I, what do I tell her? And then when I do, like, either I, either I fuck my life up because I've ruined my relationship or I am literally a leper in bed with my own wife for the rest of that relate with, for the rest of my life with whoever I'm with. I have to behave like I'm some sort of a contagion forever and, and I have to bear the shame every single time we want to engage in activity because of how stupid I was. It was such an, an emotionally laden confession. And he was a, literally like, uh, like punish himself with it, right? And like it was, so, I'd be like, you don't. This happened like three months ago and you were fine. And he eventually goes and gets the tests and yada, yada, yada. And then you never hear about the results because obviously the results came back completely negative yeah, yeah. every time. And then he had the heart attack a few months ago from doing cocaine at a party. He actually had a heart attack? No, he didn't. No, of course not. Oh, okay, all right. No, of course not. No, he had a panic attack okay right, right. but like he said like that night the next morning he had like chest pain and all this kind of stuff and he's like it's i'm pretty sure the heart attack and i'm like that sounds like a panic attack he's like no i think it was a heart attack i'm like again you're 35 you have no heart problems you did a modest like it wasn't very much cocaine like it was a normal amount of cocaine i don't know much about cocaine but like (laughs) it wasn't like i know bit enough i know you know what i've seen on tv and from people like it was not Amount to choke a horse kind of cocaine, right? It was like he did a couple of lines of cocaine over the evening and had some drinks. 
but because he knows he shouldn't be doing it and because whatever, he manifested it with just extreme guilt. He's not a kind of person that should be doing drugs and stuff, you know, because of his anxieties. And he's like, oh, I did this. And then my heart just, it was a week later, my heart doesn't feel right. I'm like, dude, you just gotta get, get over it. Because look, two options. Either it's, it was a panic attack, which is fine. And you gotta learn to deal with that. Or two, it was a heart attack, but you're still alive. And even if you go to the best hospital in the world right now, it's done. If anything's died, if there's any been any damage to your heart, it's done. Um, because it was just from the cocaine in that moment, you don't have you don't have anything else to treat. Like you don't have the blockages. Cocaine doesn't work that way. And like so, either you got to deal with the fact that you've had it, or deal with the fact that you haven't had one, and that you got psych issues that are giving you panic attacks. Either way, it's like you're spinning out, and you need to address your psych issues at the bottom of this because you have anxiety that is crippling you right now. And he's like, oh, look, it could be. Like, look, I know it's I'm prone to anxiety, and blah, 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 but. Uh, I just keep on putting myself in these situations and I'm just, just an idiot. I'm always creating these situations, sort of these high anxiety, life-changing situations for myself. And I was like, yeah, you do. You keep on creating these things for yourself and then you punish yourself for them. It's in this weird, sick cycle of shame and abuse. It's like, yeah. you know, it's an incredibly unusual. And, that, and now here we are where he went hiking three weeks ago and he thinks he trashed his knees a mild two-day hike in Hong Kong and now he thinks he has all these physical problems. Scaling the, uh, the, the peaks of <laughs> the Alps of yeah, the, the, the Alpine Ranger. Uh, I was like, I know Hong what you're Kong. thinking. You've never heard of mountains in Hong Kong. I'm like, I have never heard of mountains in Hong Kong. He's like, they're not insignificant <laughs> and they're obviously enough to ruin his knees and again, it's like, what have I done? I know, I should have been I should I never should have stopped wearing those insoles a couple of years ago. I know I have bad knees. Like I should wear insoles to protect this from happening. How, what's, now what's, I've what's, got no so, thing. And, okay, like if, if we establish that, that he is the way he is, and yeah. I, I, I see like a much milder version of that in me. Yeah. What's the solution to that? Like what, what is the like... Two things. So what I told him after the heart attack thing, because that was something that... Just, no, knees, sorry, before, yeah, before yeah, you go, yeah. I, I, I think there's a natural point which I've almost started to get to, which is a really good point. Oh, fuck you. Look at that. Too much. Put it down for a short. Can, I, you get, can I have that one? <laughs> it doesn't work that way. You can't, I can't donate. <laughs> or we just found a way to change the game. <laughs> well, we're playing together. No, 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 not playing together. But can you buy someone's... <laughs> Roll off them if that's what you need. Like, say we're playing. So you, you have like three rolls left, but you really need a short straight. You can offer me an extra a like, point sharing your, system. Where your, I take like one of your rolls, maybe. Like, you sacrifice. No, I like the idea that it's, it's, it's worth 40, and I could be like, well, look, I'll take. Give, give me that 25, and you get a bonus 15. So I get 25 in my short, in my long straight. Yeah. And you get 15 bonus somewhere. <laughs> I, think, I think we're making the game better, but it's tactical. The problem is, it's it's tactical in a way that, like, it, it's it's obvious what the scores are and everything. And so, that, I if it was a three I play, like, if it was a three play game, it would fly. But I like, play game, I like the rolling, the sacrifice rolling, because you know, as you're getting towards the end, right? Like, you can roll those three rolls and not even get one of the categories that you have remaining right yeah. like it happens all the time you're like Fuck, i'm looking at three oh, rolls so, so i get that but then you, I, you give me two extra rolls i get two extra rolls or i get one extra roll say at the end wow, we can just barter it each time it can just be a but you, but you lose a roll like, basically you you sacrifice one of your rolls to me so you're like i i know that i'm gonna be sacrificing one of those categories 
but at least it won't be a zero. At least I know I'm getting 40 in one of them. Yeah. But I get a, a, like a Hail Mary chance of something else. Well, I think we'll have to think about it when there's a scenario. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't take that now anyway because we're only three rolls in or whatever. So I don't want to, What are you going to do with it? You're going to call it short. Yeah, no, short. We'll put it short. Um, so, yeah, so I think what can you do? Yeah, what I mean, you do? besides this book would basically just suggest like... It's about, it's about insight ultimately. It, it, it's about insight and it's about about seeing a psych and dealing with sure like going back yeah. and being like okay so why you and Max I know life choices he, Max has obviously issues with life choices now but he has um, he's always been very woe is me like he's always he's been a pessimist always has been but he's also got some pretty serious like um, I think he's got some pretty serious psych issues like there have been times where he's been quite candid but like fucked up family stuff and personal things and I mean he'll never hear this I know this but one of his things is you know I think there's an issue at like boarding school in the UK where he was there was some allegations of uh, sexual assault against was, him against him sure. and right around the wedding which is like such a fucking like male storm for like catastrophe to mix with your wedding on the same trip as his wedding like a couple of days before a couple of days after his wedding in the UK it coincided with a testimony in court or at the police station because they were indicting one of these teachers from his boarding school when he was like 12. And so like the same trip where he was like crossing the threshold with his wife was also the same time he had to re-dredge up that part of his history. It's pretty fucked up. Bad, like just awful timing, awful timing right? And what a way to condition your marriage with like those early those memories. Just like, all right, let's go. Chris in our marriage. Also, I need to talk right now. I need to run through my head that time that I may have been touched by a man as a child. So he's got all this stuff that weighs on him. He's got like, and then I think this stuff I don't even know about, you know, but he's got issues of addiction and all kinds of like sexual addiction and whatever else. Um, so to some extent, yeah, there's a background of information that you need to deal with. I think there's a foundation of of um, auditing your life and your issues, right? To kind of live cleanly and uh, and and unfettered by those by those memories and those issues. I think that also you have to have some degree of agency in terms of modifying your behavior and understanding your patterns. Like like he said, he has a habit of involved in indulging in risk taking behavior which sends him into a shame spiral and all these other problems. And it's, it's, it's really funny because where like, it's possible. I think it's important if you, before you get to the point where you have the insight about that incident and what that means, if you could try and curb those issues from those events from happening, because now these are not talking about memories more. These are now events that he's walked into and chosen. It's like, don't go and sleep with a prostitute. Um, yeah. Don't let people fondle you or give you blowjobs in bars. Don't do cocaine yeah. if you can avoid it. Um, like all these things are the choices. Like you know that you end up in these situations as a result. See, of, you know you don't cope with them because you have anxiety. These are these are anxiety well, provoking let, let issues. Me put, let me put some of my experiences onto that because, like, it, it's funny. I'm, I'm experiencing like the PG, is that me now? It's you. I got a full house. Okay. I'm experiencing PG versions of that exact thing yeah. Yeah. because I know I know that if I like eat a lot before I go to bed, like I kind of full house. You got a full season as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I had this thing. I used to have this thing where I'd come home and eat heaps just before I go to bed. Mm. And I don't necessarily think it's a psychosomatic problem. I, don't, I just generally that's accepted. Hungry? As not. Well, no, no, I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry. Mm. Like I'll, I'll, I would have had dinner, but I'm just like something in me is like I really want heaps of like peanut butter and bananas and shit. And oh, that's sick. Well, it, it's. It, it's not great for you to have it right before bed, right? You're going and you call this a PG version of Max. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you sick fuck. No, but the thing is, it's like, I, I, on the occasions where I didn't do it, I, like, where I was like, okay, I'm not going to do it tonight. I slept heaps better. Mm. And I felt heaps better the next day and shit. So yeah. I'm like, okay, pretty simple. Don't eat just before going to bed. Mm. And there are still times where I'm just like, I know this is bad as I'm eating like this thing. I'm like, I shouldn't do this. I really want to sleep well tonight. But I just like... I can't stop that impulse. Oh yeah, so, so his his impulse is obviously to fucking. There's impulse, gets... yes, and yeah, there are. There's impulses, and you look listen to that the podcast about the the guy, the radio lab thing with the guy that was with the pedophile porn, right, and stuff, and like this yeah. idea that he had, did he have control or no control? Because he could control himself in some ways in some situations, but generally seemed to like with a million downloads of whatever. Like obviously, also he also had some total lack of control um but yeah look there's not a lot it, this that's a typical thing you always think people have control right but yeah certainly if it even comes down to me picking up my phone sometimes there's a complete lack of control on that and even like well, today, so, so you, work, you can actually say so hopefully you, you can understand that how concept of a lack of control I, I of something fairly minor is yeah inability to look oh, out yeah, for fucking... and, 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 and like snacking it is like for me it's again it's more PG just, than just, like... just, just, for, just for the listener at home yeah. I'm talking to someone with a cut eye because <laughs> do you want to explain why you got a cut eye I was um, I was on my phone and I walked into a door and then I was okay and then I was on my phone five minutes later I walked into the same door and cut my, <laughs> and cut my eye <laughs> Yep. Anyway, after you... after I'd already decided I shouldn't be walking around that corridor with my phone. So you can understand what it's like to have and how people don't learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, totally right. It's human nature. It's difficult. But that. But if I'm making recommendations, yeah, I'd, I'd be try and have some some fore insight into some of these things and try but, but see, to remember. See, for me, for me, sorry to interrupt. But the, yeah, the, for me, the thing the thing that has helped me quite a bit. Has been doing like again the meditation thing I find really difficult, but certainly with the with Tai Chi or whatever, I'm doing it in a very mindful way. And yeah. So I'm I'm learning to recognize my my inner voice, like yeah. the voice in my head that's not me, but just the chattering, whatever the monkey brain that goes yeah. on. Right. I, I'm starting to very slowly peel myself away from it, and like so that I can recognize when oh shit no. That's, a, that's that real craving that I have. I can feel that craving now as opposed to being the craving. You know what mm. I mean? As opposed to, oh, I'm going to have that. It's like, no. Well, shit, I can feel I really want to have that. And I can see that's the craving kicking in. And it's still difficult, but I can kind of like walk in front of that craving and yeah. be like, oh, no, nah, I'm going to just, nah, I'm not going to do it, you know? And I don't know. It's a maybe for him too. It's an, an issue of doing something that where he connects with his body I think he's getting better, to be yeah. honest, with that kind of stuff. Uh, we don't make this all about Max, but this obviously this is a recent thing I've been talking about. Um, but I have, a, I have two ones, a four, a five, and a six, and I'm trying to work out what to do with these. My congenital lack of strategy uh, makes this difficult for me. I think I'm going to do this. I'm going to chase the sixes. 
That's two. It's not strong. Work with that. Yes! Chase the others, man. Full erection. Um, also a full house, but I already have one of those. Um, so that's fine. So yeah, that's what I think about that. I think that's... Um... Oh, and so to get to me, to make mm. this about me. Yeah. Well, which is um, how it kind of started, so that's fair enough. I developed, for the sake of the listener who doesn't know about this yet, a very sore tailbone a couple of days ago. And I didn't hurt it. I didn't fall on it. I just started hurting a little bit a couple of days ago. And then yesterday, it got like really bad. And like sitting down and standing up from sitting down was like super painful. Um, and I don't normally have pain or pain issues or pain anything. So it's odd for me. And the whole point of this is, and why it ties into the story, is that whatever the real cause of it is, and I think it's it's a real cause of some sort, I believe it's a physical, I don't know, whatever it's going to be. But I now, because of how real I've seen some things happen to people and how real things can feel, or are, rather, um, it makes me second guess when I have a nebulous pain problem that's kind of come out of nowhere, I now consider the possibility that it's not purely a physical thing and that it could be some connection to an emotional or a mental state or a pain that I'm creating or at least propagating in an, in an unhealthy way. So I'm trying to be super conscious about sort of uh, buying into Buying into it, yeah. and so I'm. And which means maybe I'm, maybe you have a lot of anger about me not giving you a hand job, or actually maybe my whole like host of symptoms have come from guilt from not giving you a hand job. <laughs> maybe that makes much more sense. Maybe if you gave a hand job, we both feel better. Would I like my ass would stop hurting? <laughs> my swollen ass would stop throbbing. And ironically, my my wrist would stop being. <laughs> maybe you need a little RS. <laughs> RSTI. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you, my friend, have him call RSTI. You have been giving too many wrist jobs to your friends. <laughs> what are you doing? Like offering wrist jobs for any bet you can? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I've been promising wrist jobs for years now. And I've just started. <laughs> I've just started letting my friends cash in on <laughs> all in one go. It's been a very long week. Uh, yeah. So, but definitely so now, like as I'm walking down the street today on my work, I'm like, okay, so why does my tailbone hurt so much? Thinking of like physical things that could be wrong, but at the same time being doubly burdened because also being like. Are there any emotional issues now that could be contributing to this? Am I happy or am I, am I okay? What have I done or not done in a way that's maybe causing this or at least buying into it? I'm like, man, I, it's, it's like doubled the diagnostic possibilities. Because I'm like, I'm feeling how real it is. I can feel that it hurts. And I can touch on it and it's tender. Um, but those are all, without any other evidence, like those are all things that are as real as the pain you had or some of the stuff Max has had. Like, he's telling me a couple of days ago, my knees hurt. My knees really hurt. One more than the other and it's when I do this and I'm telling him that it's probably mostly in his head. Maybe a small bit of realness. So I can hear how real it is for him and I've heard how real it is for you and I've read about it and I've seen some stuff and so now I feel it in myself and I think, well, yeah, it feels really real. 
but I know the things that feel really real cannot be real. And it really makes you like do a number on yourself considering the fact that as real and as factual as it seems in every possible, this is a real and present physical ailment in my life that I at least gives you insight into the confusion someone would have when you tell them that that real physical ailment is not real. That's right. And so like, if someone told me tomorrow, if I had all the tests done and someone said to me, um, there's no signs of infection, there's nothing there, there's no redness, there's, everything's fine, x-rays, MRIs, there is, and if they had a way of looking into the ligaments, which I don't think we really have, and saying like, there is nothing wrong with you. This pain you have is in your head and you need to do therapy. I would not believe them. Yeah. Even if they were like my best friend or a pro or a shrink, I would say, no, this is a real pain. Like, it's just a real pain. And there's going to be something wrong. We don't know what it is, but this is real. And that is a total window into the like psychotic cycle of someone who has referred or already is a And that's a real trip to well, consider that this is what it feels like. Go, it'd be kind of like it's kind of a thing if you were if you were standing here and you were like saying something to me like that was synonymous with being probably psychotic, and you said like it's Monday, and I'm like it's absolutely Saturday, You're like it's actually it is in fact Monday. I would not believe you because I know for a fact that it's Saturday. That people who have schizophrenia have total loss of time and mm. all kind of stuff, and so you can appreciate that confusion and all that kind of stuff. And it's quite interesting to put yourself in that position and consider this is what it feels like to be that confused, and that's quite scary. I'm not scared, but I have some insight into maybe what that might be like. Mm. And the, the 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 thing that I'm just thinking about now, and and maybe it's a, it's a reason that you might suggest to Max. Doing, uh, I keep fucking jerking off about this Chai Tai Chi thing, but I think because it's, it's working for me in a big way. But maybe you should ch- suggest to Max something like that. Is because, my um, yeah, I just got, I got a, I tried to get a long straight again and failed. But so, my my current weird state of affairs is that I get, I get inflammation mm-hmm. in my left foot. My left foot swells up and can't. Which get, one did you break? Which one did you have the small avulsion fracture on? Interesting. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I can't even remember. Well, we can find out, right? Think, you have the x-rays, no, the scans. I think it was my right. I actually feel like it was your right as well. But it's my left. It's currently... So I get, I get uh, inf- inflamed left foot. I get inflamed left eye, which is my good eye, which Three makes fives. sense because I'm probably on some subconscious level freaking out about my good eye. It's mm. the one that can see properly. Absolutely. Right? Um, my, my left foot gets really inflamed, can't fit in a shoe and all this kind of shit. Yeah. Um, and then, but if I do Tai Chi and I, I'm currently doing about sort of half an hour in the morning when I mm-hmm. wake up, like it just disappears. Like, oh, you got three fives? Yeah. You already got five. Oh, you got well, three of a kind. So yeah. The other two. Um, oh, did I, did I have fives in my thing already? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, um, I didn't pay attention to them either. Two Players of lies, sucker. Two and one. Yep. Um, <clears throat> but if I, when I do Tai Chi, I, I, and again, I'm trying, I'm putting this all together as I'm talking to you, mm. but what it does is it obviously connects you with reality in some way, like with the physicality of your being as opposed to some kind of like loop in, in your head, right? Sure. And then it, it allows me, like, as I've told you many times, like when I'm doing that, I fart and I, whatever, I burp and all this kind of stuff. Like, I find that very odd, but yeah. Honestly, I don't understand. Every time. I, I know you do. I, I don't understand it. But, I, don't, I don't understand it either, but it like well, you do. literally... So, 
out of nowhere, I'm just like releasing, and I feel incredible afterwards. And also, all You're those gas inf- all those inflammation like symptoms die down, like uh, immeasurably. Do you think that your inflammation is just gas? <laughs> Could be. <laughs> you gas? Is it gas? Oh. And you got the bends? <laughs> well, I don't know. So, so when I fart, my farts don't smell. They're not like a. It's some kind of like stress related nitrogen. You're releasing nitrogen from your joints. Actually, almost certainly not. Okay, all right. <laughs> but the bends, right, is is um, nitrogen dissolved nitrogen being released into your joints or dissolved into your yeah. joints Ooh, from what's a good start? Something along those lines. Come on, give me. Oh, there it is. Oh, you cocksucker! Do it, do it for Juzzy. Oh, oh, we haven't seen the yacht scene in a while. All right, but I'll take that. That's a that's a big. Would help. you I'll recommend Max read that book? Well, I, just you can say that your mate Justin has experienced the same kind of things minus the prostitution. <laughs> wow, the cocaine. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but <laughs> he'd be like, so, so what, what's what? so similar about yeah, yeah. his experience? <laughs> he was eating peanut butter <laughs> late at night. <laughs> <laughs> he was doing a lot of typing, and he found himself uncontrollably eating peanut butter and crackers <laughs> before bed. <laughs> and he'd say, "That's sick." Fuck. He's nowhere like me. I'm nowhere. I'm not as bad as that. Yeah. Anyway, so so <laughs> it's do, do, su- suggest it to him. So, say that, I like, should. you know, it, it's see if you can find some Tai Chi shit online. Um, I haven't decided what I want to do with that by the way. Four fours or four of a kind. You put me your twos. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I haven't decided what I want to do with this yet. It seems like no, a really gonna, good roll. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to put him here. Um, even though that's going to lock up my top. I, oh, no, I do need that. No, I'm going to do it. To you, Buster. Buster. What do I need? I'm so... Uh, I need four of a kind. Chance and Yahtzee. Otherwise, I need to fill my top block. So so I was I was in a little I went to the cubes place. Oh yeah. Um, was the was, cube like blitzed out on like five kinds of psychotropics and then chased it with a, a little marijuana vape. Uh no more but, or less. No, he he was telling me about his hemorrhoids. But oh, there's shit. a I had some of those. Oh did you? Yeah. I don't even want fiber, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were I had a couple a couple of days where they were pretty awful, actually. Yeah. Um you had them? I had them when I was in year 12. I had like a hectic, hectic Did you? situation. I think I've rolled twice, haven't I? You've rolled three. I think you've Yeah, rolled. I was in. I've yeah. rolled away, yeah. Um, so yeah, give me three fours on my top. Yeah. <laughs> put these in my... Uh, put this in my chance. Um, yeah. And yeah, so there was a guy... You know Alice Fraser? I'm not sure if you know Alice Fraser. Anyway, no. Her boyfriend was... Okay, I met this guy. Blah, blah, blah. And um, Dave's made a um, lasagna or whatever, right? Actually, he, they're vegetarian. He eats tons of, or mostly vegetarian. He eats tons of vegetables. How has he got hemorrhoids? That's odd. Well, I don't know. I don't know what he eats, but whatever. The point is, this this guy was like, ah, oh, he's like, oh, I don't really eat like gluten, but I'm going to make it, you know, I'm going to cop it tonight. And I was like, oh, are you like a celiac or whatever? He's like, no, nah, no, nah, I just like, it just does some things. I'm like... What does it do? What does it do? You tell me. Yeah. You tell me. What, what does is it, do? it? It's like, oh, I just, I get like these sort of, I feel like really shit and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, it's in your head, mate. I started just like, I, I went full bore at him. I'm like, it, yeah, it's in your head. I don't know. I had the same thing and it's totally in your head. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, it's, 
this whole gluten thing. It's, yeah. it's the fad and you've latched onto the idea much like that. Remember how, and I think I'm not sure if it was a book or maybe you just were telling me about the um, RSI, RSI thing. About fad, yeah, it became, jump on it became a thing one could get yeah. from typing. And then everyone had it. Everyone had it. Yeah. And it's the same thing. It's like gluten is so maligned in the public consciousness yeah. that it's like you're eating gluten and you're so aware. It's like, oh, maybe gluten's a thing that's doing something to me. And then on a subconscious level, it is. Yeah. So I basically told him, I, I was like unequivocal about the fact that he had no problem with gluten and he should just eat gluten or whatever, yeah. even though like, you know, I still sort of there was a, don't listen, There's a Freakonomics podcast a few weeks ago all about this. It was so interesting. Um, and there's an evolutionary, there's a couple of things that, really interesting facts about that. Number one was that um, some people who have it have like fairly violent reactions to it. Um, and there is, there are descriptions in like old texts, like, you know, of people um, having serious med- adverse reactions to like bread and things like that or, or whatever it was in grains. Um, and we think now that those texts were describing uh, gluten intolerance, celiac disease. In people and I think it used to be much more common or something like that in people and now it's like one in uh, one thirty or something people or one in a hundred people have it or something like I've that. I've only ever met one person who's yeah, like uh, properly celiac. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like it's to diagnose it, it's not easy. Like you have to have a bunch of blood tests and some like ideally some biopsies and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um but they said that people who used to have it um it used to be probably a lot more common and the version that was out there was probably much more severe than it is now. And the reason is that the people who had it died and didn't pass on their genes. Now we have all these diets and we understand it more and all this kind of stuff and you can medicate. But the people who had the proper original form of celiac disease, um, that those bloodlines are exhausted. And what we're left with is like some sort of a a throwback and a much milder version of what it is. Um, that sort of explains its frequency and all this kind of stuff. So it was, it, there's an interesting like, evolutionary aspect to it. But they also found that... Oh, I can't listen to it again. There's some, a lot of information that like some of the features of it were actually helpful for some things and protective again, against something. And they also found that um, one of the, the bacteria that they discovered... An Australian discovered like 15 years ago that um, causes ulcers. Like when the, the main... Bacteria, people thought it was stress ulcers, and it's actually a bacteria. And now we treat it instead of like just chalking up the stress or whatever else. Um, it was called, it was like this bacteria was responsible for like 90% of people's ulcers. All right. Um, it was a huge, it was like a Nobel Prize winning discovery by an Australian like in the 90s or early 2000s. Um, they also found that people who have that though have a significantly lower incidence of celiac disease. For some reason, that bacteria, there's a lot of gut bacteria that are good and bad and all that kind of stuff. And we typically think that one's a bad one and only a bad one. But we're now seeing that for some reason, not even the has it has the, the probably the problems with it. And it's maybe more going on, like another weird imbalance that's secondary to that. Yeah. And you, But we can know how to cut that one out because we can measure that one. And that seems to be the cause. And we can understand how that's at least implicated in the pathogenesis. But it seems that it's also useful because it's protective against celiac disease somehow in terms of the breakdown of the digestion of a wheat pro- of gluten. Mm. Um, so it's a very complicated issue that we don't understand. And they were talking about like, can you have not full celiac? Because celiac disease, you can do tests and you can like put gluten into like a, a, um, a blood test and you can watch the blood like freak out with it and stuff. And you can definitely tell it's not kosher for some people. But other people do the test and everything's completely fine. But they're like, I just don't feel good with it. 
and they were talking about whether that's a thing. Like, is it like a subclinical version? Is it just something that we can't quite measure, but they do have some reaction or whatever it is. And I kind of forget what the ultimate outcome was because I was listening to the car and you kind of only kind of half listen to things in the yeah. car. Um, like, should we all just not be eating gluten? Is it just generally not good or more people sensitive to it than they would expect? Um, and it seems that it's probably, I think the answer is still yeah, no. Yeah. And there's that one girl on the show, like one of the writers on the show or researching the show thought she had it and like went off it for like seven years and felt great. I think, I think she eventually had the test and they said, you don't have it. Yeah. And then she like started eating pizza and stuff again. I think it was just fine. She was like, oh. But for those seven years, she felt great. And she really thought it was because she had stopped eating gluten. So yeah, it's fucked up. That's weird. If people don't even know what it is. And there's really no reason why it should be bad. But it is interesting that, like, you know, if it is that bad for some population of people, they have a really strong reaction to it. And that's part of what – it's a significant percentage of humans. You can argue that, like, maybe there's something in that that we've evolved to not process, mm. you know. And bear in mind also that the European nation – I think they said they found it in all nations. Um, and they found even descriptions of, like, Buddhist China and stuff where – there are diets where they have like no grains in their diet and those populations have like texts that talk about not eating bread and grains will like free your soul and your body and all these things that kind of, if you, th- if you think about it through the window of celiac disease, sounds like what they're describing as a cure for celiac disease. Like it, some communities have higher percentages of, of that and maybe they found dietary means of restricting themselves and learned that, oh my God, we feel so much better when we don't do that. So there are some ancient kind of traditions that aren't about gluten, but functionally are. Uh, and that's quite interesting. I think they made a point that some of the Europeans, where it's probably died out from, mm-hmm. were largely like grain-based, you know, agrarian cultures. And that's where all the gluten comes from. You know, we built our empire off of the ability to work hard during the summer, store our grain through the winter, and live off that for the entire time. So if you're living in Northern Europe, and that's where civilization is coming from. If you can't tolerate that, then you're going to die. Yeah, that's right. And that's it, right? And so it's a really interesting part of our side of social evolution, gluten and celiac disease. I'd listen to it. Or just read the Wikipedia article about it. I'm sure it's like all there, right? Yeah, he's going. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two. Three, oh, I think it's me. That looks like your role. Yeah. Um, but I do I, I I get the sense that with all of this stuff that Three doing something like a Vipassana is a way of short circuiting all of that. I don't know why I have such faith in that, but where you you know, a ten day silent retreat situation where you start peeling where you start seeing your subconscious come out and you'll start seeing all those things that are like, Oh, bread's bad for me and all this kind of shit. Mm. But like rising to the surface. Um, I don't know about it, but I can see they can be helpful for, the, yeah. for some things like that. Yeah, it allows you to. And I, I don't think I don't think it's coincidental that I freaked out so early. Like, yeah, I was probably the first person to leave. That's you know I mean? and but, yeah, and but also you you bailed right when people tend to. Yeah. Like, where it's like the guy said, like the day two is like the hardest day. Yeah. Um, so it does sound like that's kind of what's going to happen if you're going to do it often. Yeah. And you don't know people could have look my mate, my mate people also could have left. For the next day. Well, my mate, my mate that I was there with 
gave me a call the day after when she left. So. Oh right. So yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah. oh shit! No, he can't do it. He can't do it. Yes, he can't do it. It's still a, that's still a spicy, uh, yeah, spicy it's, meatball. Uh, it's uh, some hot soppressa. Um, I think I'm going to put that in my foursies because that's just hot to go. That's a choice. I just need, still need three sixes. Though. So one, two, three, four. That's what, uh, 24, 26. Nice. Yeah, I think we've been passing that again with that noise that much, but just generally uh, meditation and this mindfulness shit. I think one of the areas where it's really useful is what we've been talking a lot about is just clarifying consciousness and developing a clear line between your true consciousness, your, your true machinations of the mind and trying to get rid of that narrative um, because I think that narrative, which again, I think is dictated by language and I find language is as useful as it's been to culture for exchanging ideas. I think it's an incredibly toxic thing within oneself, right? Using language. Because, because language, language is a label and, and the, label. the idea of labeling is the idea of... Yeah. And of it sounds so gay. Ladle. It sounds so gay and new it's age to be like against labels. Not in terms of people, but just labels. Like, I don't want to label anything. I don't, we don't label things. I wouldn't label that a chair. But was that to me? I, I don't know what that is. Yeah. You know, like, I, that's not what I mean, kind of, but, 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 but it is in a way. Is, like, is you're taking the, the actual experience of seeing this object yeah. and you're, you're putting it in a different plane, which is an analysis plane, which is like, yeah. I'm calling it, it's a, it's a chair. So all of a sudden you're telling, you're speaking to yourself about seeing a chair yeah. as opposed to seeing a fucking chair. And, yeah. and when, for example, this is just to, to, to talk about this. When, when, I, when I'm doing the Tai Chi thing, there's this one where you stand up and it's called lifting the ball and lifting a ball in front of the shoulders or something, right? Uh -huh. So you stand like this, which is, you know, you kind of, as if you're holding a, a big bowl in front of you or something. Yeah. You lift one arm and it comes up to in front of the shoulders, right? As mm -hmm. the other arms are stationary. And I'm into, I'm sort of picture a black, like holding a black ball, like a kid's ball or something in one hand. And I try to picture a different color ball on the other hand. Anyway, as I'm doing it, I'm like, I've got a black ball in this hand. I've got a black ball. I'm, I'm saying the words black ball in my head. Yeah. Like I'm not actually picturing the black ball. You just be seeing it or knowing I, it. Yeah. I, I know what a black ball is. I can, I can summon the image of it. Yeah. But I'm actually summoning the words label first. black ball as opposed to. Yeah. And I, I've noticed that. I'm like, that's not that's not a black ball. That's the words the black word ball. black ball. Yeah. And, and I think to some extent we, we, we process the world around us through the language that we've given it. Right. That's right. Like, we we would preferentially sit on a chair because we call it a chair and chairs are for sitting. But if you just know the things around you, then the chair is no more different than a, a smaller, a small, a small, than a table. Like, yeah. sit on. I know I wouldn't if that's glass, but like anything else, you just you just know what things are. You know what you do. You know what you can sit on. You know what you can't. Um, and it sounds like a subtle difference, but I think that it's actually quite a big difference is to work things through language will limit how you behave and how you appreciate things because it's sort of a shortcut. Mm. Either we use language, when we, we do use language as a shortcut, right? To express things and to share ideas. And it's a really efficient, shortcuts are, there's a, it's a heuristic in a way as well, right? For, and for heuristic. expression and heuristic. Oh, wait, no. I think we've been here before. Uh, it's, no, it's a uh, heuristic. Yeah. It sounds, well, it sounds, it's about what sounds it's better. It's a heuristic, yeah. Yeah. So I think a heuristic language itself is, is heuristic, you know, uh, in a, in a, in a way. And yeah, it works for most things. It's an efficient way to communicate things, but you do lose some degree of 
deeper meaning and truth and, mm. and a clearer connection with the world around you when you don't connect to the world around you through words, but through action and just clear thought. Which I, I've fallen back into thinking with words again over the last few months after having an amazing you know few weeks where I was getting pretty good at just... Do you really think you were that good? I, I'm, I'm no, sure. I wasn't that... Look, no, I wasn't like I was... Because I, I, I would... I, I wasn't would. purely mindful and like living yeah. in Dharma. But I was certainly doing it. I would go through periods where I was much... That week where I was thinking about... I was actively trying to just live completely... And living in the moment sounds super gay for our listeners to live in the moment. All listen that kind of stuff. Listener. Listener. But just keep it spicy. <laughs> just keep it hot suppressor. Yeah. But yeah, it's about just keeping it, just, just keeping it jelly, you know? Mm. Um, and I find myself talking a lot again. I'm like, oh, this doesn't feel right. This is so cluttered. Like, it's so, it's, it's an incredibly inefficient way internally to communicate ideas to yourself. Because mm. you're taking an idea, putting it into words, which is your shorthand for communicating to someone else, to feedback to yourself. And that, those, that the language you use is, I think, obscures the deeper thought you were having in the first place. And it leads to much more superficial thought. And that's how we end up with subdividing and ascribing our, uh, to ideas, ideologies, all that kind of stuff. That's right. We find ourselves limiting our understanding of what things are and not able to just know, to intuitively know things. And I think that's all the secret for a lot of things is to um, mm-hmm. get rid of that, that monologue. It makes you wonder at what point that crept in and how we've developed that narrative and that monologue and that voice in the head. Well, well, well that, that ulti- ultimately, it's it's helpful from a social context, and you, you, That's you, you can't say that it's it's. No, well, net, the first thing I said. Net. No, well, the first thing I said was that it's incredibly efficient for the community. Yeah. To exchange ideas, I mean, there's no other way we have right now, which is to communicate yeah, ideas communi- efficiently, right. right? Through that language, I can't communicate the vision I have without codifying it some way. Yeah. So that you can decodify it. Exactly, but. The problem is when you start to create your ideas in shorthand as well and not just communicate the ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah and that's, that's what's that's, happening. That's, yeah. You know, um, it's like using, you know, there are like shorthand codes for expressing words, right? Like there's ways to simplify English to make it, you can write it easier, quicker, whatever else. You will lose some of the color of language when you do that. If you were just to write the original text in that in the first place or Think, in think those it words, yeah. in those words to write that original story, that text. It'd be incredibly limited yeah, compared yeah. to what the original English version would be. And we do that with the English versus just pure thought. Yeah. That's my... Well, we do it with the English language yeah, all the time. You know, and people talk about how different languages have more or less words for different things or no words for certain things. And that changes how people appreciate those concepts. Mm. Those concepts are more or less popular in the countries where they're, they're expressed more or less just by the nature of the language. Mm. Um, and so the way you think, the words you give things, the extent of your linguistic, the the breadth of your linguistic ability, um, is definitely going to color the kind of thoughts and the depth and the quality of thoughts that you have, I think. And so the secret is not to improve your language, but maybe just to get rid of it altogether, which is kind of paradoxical, right? Well, well, yeah, but but that's the, that is... I guess that one one option is to... Develop a language that's so rich and complex and varied that you can, without slowing yourself no, down. No, 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 no. But, but, but the thing, it's actually not about getting rid of the language. It's about 
being able to recognize the difference between the distinction between language and object in your head, right? Yeah. Because as we're discussing now, like if we got rid of language, we couldn't have a discussion. No. And it's, this is a positive thing. Like I don't think mm. we want to get rid of this. No. But it's about when you're engaging with yourself, yeah. having that, you know, the mental process, which well, is talking here, to yourself. Here's another analogy. Talking to yourself in words as opposed yeah. to. Well, here's another analogy. It's like a picture is worth a thousand words, right? Right. If that's true, then a thought, which is much more complex than what a picture would be, is worth millions of them, potentially, right? Like, you would never, if possible, you would always show someone a picture of something, if you could, rather than give them the words to describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's the same idea behind thoughts, which is words are a very inefficient way of describing what a photo would be, right? But you can look at a photo and in an instant understand that photo completely. You just get it, right? There's a, again, it's that gestalt thing where it's like, you see a scene, you're like, I understand this room. Yeah. But how would I describe to you this room? Like, I look at this room, I just get it, right? It's just, it's an instant understanding for the most part of what's happened in this room with no words or thoughts in my head. I'm not looking going, that's a fridge, that's a cupboard, those are, that's, that's a chair, that's a Justin. Like, those words are not part of my mind. I look at it, you just see it and you get it. But to describe this in, in prose would be ridiculous. So, yeah, to lose it. Yeah. But we're doing that with so many things, right? We're, and we're, jumping straight to that and when you're trying to formulate ideas instead of formulate it as a picture or as a, a deeper you know the picture squared version like the um is going to be the root thought of something but we're ignoring that and we're trying as quickly as possible to translate that into english mm. and we're bypassing even the picture side of that right and we're just starting to use the words instantly um but yeah, so without laboring the point, I think that it's a really interesting thing. And I think there's definitely some merit to trying to um, think more cleanly. And when I was doing it, I felt as I was more awake, I was faster, and I was thinking way quicker. Because I started thinking of something. I started like telling myself a story of what I thought I was thinking. And a few words in, this is the habit I get into, I'd go say to myself, no, I get, I get the whole idea. Like I don't need the words anymore. Like I'm still trying to say the story. And it's lagging so far behind, like, by the time you're telling yourself this, you can only start writing the story once you've had the idea. And so a few words in, you catch yourself and go, do I need to say the rest of it myself? Do I need to narrate the rest of this idea? Okay. Or do I know the idea? But it's still helpful if I'm trying to, for- if I'm working through something. And if you need to remember something, the codified, codifying it is actually quite helpful, right? Because you can have images of things, Yeah. but then the images fade. And if you've actually written it down or you've, if you've put... Even if you haven't written it down, you might be able to remember ways you've described something, and that might then give you a way of bringing back yeah, the image. Yeah, but I'm know? still finding this. We talked about before as well. I'm finding increasingly when we find ourselves at a loss for words or for memories, however they've been laid down through language or whatever it is. Um, oh, this is I've had something to do. Um, this, need, this is my first role still. Actually, you need I haven't ones. decided. You need ones, four of a kind, chance, and Yahtzee. Well, you, roll, let's say it's your first roll. I don't care. Two ones. Wait, give me two ones. Right, fine. Uh, yeah, so I find that tough. Um, oh, shit. Oh, man. And this is, yeah, so this is what we say about trying to retrieve numbers. It kind of doesn't matter. Like, however, however they've been codified in the first place... I haven't needed to use it to bring it back. And so the talking to myself, I don't think 
has actually done anything in terms of retrieving memory. I think I'm probably just filling up the dead space while my brain is like rummaging through the files and finding it for me. Yeah. You know, it's like I've told the secretary to go find the librarian what I'm looking for, and she's gonna have to do it. I'm just like talking in the air about shit, waiting for her to return. Like, and here it is, and I'm like, I knew I could talk myself into this. It's like, no, she just went and found the thing for you because she knew where it was, and you did not. Um, in your language, you're talking. You could have been asking twenty people where it is. Have you seen this thing? But that wasn't what brought the word back to you. You know. Um, so it's super interesting. And it's like you know, I'm trying to understand uh, consciousness and separating it from. I mean, again, we have to realize right, that we had consciousness before we had language. Yes. And so, if unlike all things, on my assumption, my Occam's razor about life is that we are better off left to our all things being equal. We are better left to our own devices. I don't know. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Why do we necessarily have to have had consciousness before language? Okay. Let me make the assumption. Why? That, well, but that's for this... Maybe consciousness comes out of this language that we've created. Um, the only reason I say that is that, okay, so language is just a, a sort of advanced form of, of interaction between animals, right? Or, or, or objects. So you or, think that it's possible that creating the words is what created the sense of self and the ability to... The word I came before the idea. Maybe. Hey. That's a whole new thing to talk about. But for the sake of this, let's say okay. that conscious predates language. Right. I think it probably does, but I don't know. Um, my theory about medicine and all this kind of stuff is that there's nothing... I mean, there's lots of this really sweet, and like we can make lives longer or whatever, but there's nothing we can do fundamentally in the beginning that can improve humans more than evolution has for millions of years, right? Like, the greatest architect is... Yeah, well, is we're actually not right? improving humans. We're, we're keeping alive humans. Yeah, that, the, the, which is why I said there's we're nothing... Allow, we're allowing humans to procreate that... Yeah, which why, you know, it's my argument against circumcision and all those other kind of stuff that people think we're doing that's better. I'm like, no, there's nothing that we can do that makes us better or stronger. Until we're doing gene therapy, like... But as it stands, currently, we are not improving humans, right? Um, and nothing we've created. And language is just a creation. It's a tool that we have, right? It's a tool that we carry around with us in a very intimate way, but it's it's a tool, like the wheel. And uh, I suspect that it's, again, like everything else, it's not actually improved us and it doesn't make us any better. And if it doesn't do that, there's a reasonable chance it's actually slowing us down on a personal level in some ways. Mm. Um, which is why it's, I try and get back, undo the human influence and get the tool out of your head, right? That's the first iPhone is like the language that we're using, right? Mm. It's that we carry around like, it's attempting to use that. It's kind of like the same iPhone, like the iPhone addiction, right? Trying to think without language. We're like, oh, just it's just easier. I'll just, oh, I'll just use words. And that's how it feels. Like when I was doing it, the temptation was, oh, this is so hard. It's just easier if I am lazy and I just use the limited tool, my basic tool set. Mm. Um, it's just faster. Or, or I think it's easier. I'm more familiar with this with this tool set. I'm not used to using the original. Like, I'm not used to using DOS. I like using Windows <laughs> or something, right? Um, and so, yeah, that's that's kind of my, my unified theory of, of humans is um, we are ultimately better off without things. But that's not to say I want to live in a shack and 
walk away from all they've contributed. But I, I don't think that we're able to improve the fundamental human being with anything we've created. Mm. Um, all things been equal. As to you, my friend. I had a couple of crappy rolls. It's getting the pointy end. I still need a long straight, and you need some threes. And uh, oh, I don't have threes yet. Oh fuck, oh. Uh, that's interesting. You also need a four of a kind. Yeah, yeah I do. Oh, he needs another one. He needs another one. Still got your chance available. Oh, it sucked in. That's not bad for a chance, though. It's pretty good. That's 18, 23. Now you got 23 out of all evens. It's not too bad. <laughs> what do I need? I need twos and I need a long straight. I don't have anything that even borderline gets close to that, do I? Oh, man. That's a real shitter. Do I keep it A3? No, I think I just re-roll the whole thing. Who do these winning right now? You, because of the long straight. Mm. That was a good start. Really Two, good. three, four, five, six. Boom! Sorry, I might uh, take back my prior allegation that you might be in front. Chuzzy is... Hot to trot, right? Hot to trot. La Marche. Two dots. Two dots. Oh, sweep. Oh, boy. Ooh, almost. That's a... Uh, Nothing for me. One um, in the three? Can you, can you take the one in the three? I had five extra you, in my no, five. No, you can't take a one in the three because that's six down. Oh, so I was thinking two in the three. No, I can't yeah. take one in the three. No. You can take a zero in the Yahtzee or a zero in the four, but... Oh, zero in the Yahtzee. Um, of uh, how many do I need? I'm, I've got six. I've got four fours and four sixes. I'm like, I don't need anything at the top of this thing. I can just go for a straight yards. Oh, I'm gonna pussy out though. <laughs> pussy out. Yeah, you are. Yeah, well, I don't. I don't need a yardsy really. I'm gonna just try to get a big old chance. La chance. La chance. I'll keep the four in. Uh, what's that? That's six, 11, 15, 19. Not too shabby for a chance. Alright, crap. Let's see it works. So we got two more. Oh boy. Pastrami. Oh! Zero and the four of a kind. Oh, that hurts. <coughs> I think that hurts like a sore anus. So you, you still need two threes. I think I got this under control now. Look at that couple twos, just to just to keep it real. Ah, there's another two. You got you got this on lock. On lock, bitch. And that's you got it. Did you, I, yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, did, I didn't get anything there. He, well, he's got it. Now he's this is just a few extra little, uh, little numbers. So you got nine, right? I think I won. I don't think I, I got a free chance at the RC, but it doesn't make a difference. I wish you had bought that long straight off me. 
All right. So the other part of that raise up not only like you give the guy another round of rolls and sacrifice one, but you might have stolen my chance at a long straight. I see what you're saying. Yeah, so but there's, no, there's, there's a sacrifice. You're not going to give it to me unless you've already got one. Well, it depends. But it's depends on your offering. Depends, but like it's it's a spare. Uh, um, so you're up five, but then I'm up heaps, and I'm up heaps. Maybe you can bid like uh, rolls. You'd be like, I'll give you, I'll give you a roll tonight. Like, yeah, all right. Oh, I'll we should two rolls for that. We gotta sign off, bro. Where are you going? We're let's gonna take a leak. Yeah, but let's sign off before okay. before yeah. you take a okay. leak. Well, that's um, that was episode. That's a pretty heavy episode. We covered a lot of bases. I think, I think our buddy is just going to be pretty confused <laughs> about what we talked about, why, where it went, and what it means, and what the fuck do guys about babies think about? <laughs> do we have, well, we have no, way too much time? We do have too much time, but I think that's what that's that's the, our gift. Yeah, that's what we have right now. Um, what well, well, we lack in poopy diapers, we make up for yeah. in total consciousness. We are we have traded out our, our manly duties with yeah. more cerebral activities. Yeah, we are traveling on a plane that is reasonably uncharted, and 